folks, it's Paul here, the Impulsive Culinarian, and welcome to this episode of the Weekly IC Podcast today, February 17th, 2020. You know, mid-February is just about the weirdest time of year, isn't it? This is when everyone gets cabin fever. We are all just busting <laughs> for warm weather, and thankfully the days are getting longer now. Thank goodness you get that sunset, sunrise thing right in your face on the work commute. But even being blinded by sun is better than driving in the dark. It's just the lesser of both evils, I suppose. Certainly, I will take that beautiful sunset any any day of the week. So one thing that always helps me find joy in these leftover winter calendar months is coming up with crazy new recipes. The weather is crazy, or it makes us a bit crazy. So why not come up with some crazy recipes as well to sort of fight fire with fire? And I say the crazier, the better, because even if they, they tank, all right, then at least everyone in the house will have that hilarious story to tell for years and years. Remember when you made that strange weirdo dish? Oh man, was that brutal. Or who knows, maybe the opposite could happen. Imagine. You might even stumble on a new family staple, right? So hopefully, even named after you maybe, <laughs> the grandkids could make it and enjoy it for centuries to come. Okay, so welcome to week two of my two-week series focused on Italian cuisine. I have thoroughly enjoyed bringing these recipes to you. Such a great learning experience. And it's only just scratching the surface, too. Honestly, some cuisines, you're really, you're scrounging at some points, you know, to find decent recipes. And I'm thinking to myself, man, no one's going to eat this. This is just too weird. And yes, it's fun to learn and experiment. But, you know, some dishes are difficult to translate. And therefore, better left unexplored, let's just say. So that is all a rarity, of course, where Italian cuisine is concerned, because there seems to be this inexhaustible supply of pure deliciousness to choose from. And actually choosing how to narrow down is the bigger challenge here, because, I mean, the show must go on. So you got to choose at some point. So Italian cuisine, I think of espresso, coffee. All right, let's talk about coffee for a minute. Such an important morning ritual for countless people around the world. It's a critical culinary part of so many people's lives that even if it's bad for many people, they drink it anyway. Borderline narcotic, right? Anyway, apart from Turkish and French styles of preparing this aromatic little jewel, the coffee bean, the roasted coffee bean, Italy is truly one of the only other places in the world where coffee, I mean, it's simple coffee, has been elevated to like an art form a recognizable art form. You walk into any gourmet coffee shop, okay? <laughs> Where does their equipment come from? Be honest. Italy, of course. There's no pretending. You can have a cafe au lait or a Turkish grind, you know, served out of a lavish copper vessel. But when you go to that fancy wedding with hundreds of guests, you know, the really big one after dinner, they're all lined up for a perfect cup of espresso, cappuccino, a ristretto. Ever had one of those? Ah, Google it. You know it's true. Italian cuisine rules the coffee bean, no doubt in my mind. Now, cheese. Here's something else. Italian cuisine. I think of cheese. I can't say there's any kind of full or even significant ownership from a global culinary standpoint in Italy on cheese, but we all have to concede that Italian cheese, the ones that we do know about, they are unparalleled. Not only that, but they are revered worldwide. Come on, Parmigiana Reggiano, Asiago, uh, Burrata. Oh, I love Burrata. That's incredible. If you've never had Burrata, 
you gotta you gotta get yourself one of those beautiful mozzarella balls with that mm, soft stuff inside. Fontina cheese, gorgonzola, the real mozzarella, of course, buffalo mozzarella, pecorino, provolone, ricotta. Holy my goodness! Okay. I almost swore for a second there. I got so excited. And there are literally hundreds of types of Italian cheeses. So talk about the global influence of Italian cuisine just through cheese alone. And that should tell you something about the kind of culinary respect we should all be mindful of when we think about approaching our next Italian dish. Me, Such an incredible history. So taking a look back at a couple weeks ago, you may have seen some of the videos that started this whole series on Italian cooking, kicking it all off with a tip of the hat to all my allergen-conscious viewers and my recipe for gluten-free pasta. I developed that recipe for a couple reasons. One, I want all my celiac and gluten-intolerant fans out there to know I got your back. There are many more things on the menu these days, using gluten, butter, cheese, and all that on the IC channel. But the allergen-friendly series is still as dedicated as ever so delicious homemade gluten-free pasta is there on my YouTube channel, as well as some authentic Italian ragu and a beautifully healthy and delicious risotto di zucca. So I hope you'll check those out. Uh, so now looking at this this past week, we've got three more Italian classics to add to the roster, and here they are. So last Tuesday, as part of the Allergen Friendly series, I spent a lot of time researching this recipe. It seems elusive somehow, uh, you know, which made me even more intrigued. I don't know why it's so hard to find details about this. Maybe I wasn't looking in the right place. But the technique is affectionately referred to as alla napoletana. And it's a very long, slow process by which some very flavorful meat, like chuck beef, is braised for a very long period over super low heat in a bed of onions, celery, and minced carrots. And get this, the meat is removed. It doesn't even stay in the sauce. You use it for something completely different in a completely different recipe. That got my attention. You take deliciously tender, slow-cooked beef, chuck beef, braised in wine, and you what? Oh, I see. You set it aside. What? I'm making this for sure. That's exactly what I said. I am making this dish or a variant of it. So if that's not enough, you caramelize now these intensely flavored onions for two, three, maybe five or six hours more. If you can stand it, that is. I mean, you, you don't have to, but you can and you should. And I was proud to oblige, especially, you know, to honor this delicious tradition. And to top it off, I served it with gluten-free penne. <laughs> Luckiest pasta in town, let me tell you. So that's up on my YouTube channel as of last Tuesday. It's highly edited, so I promise you, you won't even spend a fraction of the time I did. So please, enjoy. Now, the healthy recipe series. So last Thursday, I really wanted to bring you guys an authentic Italian salad, but something different, you know, not the run-of-the-mill stuff. And when I discovered the tradition of this wholesome Ligurian, I hope I'm saying it right, a Ligurian creation known as Condigiun salad, I knew I had found exactly what I was looking for. Uh, taking some poetic license of my own, I opted to make a couple unique additions, you know, a little bit of pancetta. Uh, so anyway, I hope you'll check that out as well, the Healthy Recipe Series. And of, of course, the third video of the week, which came out on Saturday, this was the recipe that started it all off for me months ago. Late last year, I was still unpacking a few boxes. I mean, believe it or not, it's like when you move and renovate, you're still finding stuff like a year later. 
And it's at that point, shortly before working on the IC relaunch late last year, uh, that's when I found my, my trusty pasta maker, right? My pasta machine, still fully operational and ready for culinary duty salute. And that's when I developed the initial version of my own Italian lasagna recipe. It's gone through some subtle tweaks over the months leading to this release because I really wanted it to be just perfect. And hopefully you'll see for yourself that it's pretty darn close. There are never leftovers, unless you make multiple. If you make a couple (laughs) or four or five, but I truly hope you check this one out. Use some or all of the tricks in there. Everything is made from scratch. The lasagna noodles, the ragu from week one, that recipe from week one. Also a delicious scratch bechamel. Give it a go. You will not be disappointed. So those are the latest three new recipe videos every single week, guys, complete with links to the full recipes and instructions on impulsiveculinarian.com. Buen apetito. So looking ahead, what can we expect next week on the IC channel? Well, that all depends on the next culinary destination now, doesn't it? So let me try and tip you off with the following question. Movis Popolsku? Did you understand what I just asked you? (laughs) If you did and you answered yes, it means that you should get excited about the next two weeks of recipe videos. And now the rest of you want to punch me right now because you're like, what the heck did he just say? I have no idea. Okay. See you next week, guys. Gotta go. No, I'm just kidding. We're visiting the cuisine of Poland. Okay. The cuisine of Poland. So here's another culinary adventure that I have been so looking forward to because I learned a ton. There are you know, always one or two dishes that I know from any given cuisine that I concentrate on in, in, in a series. But that's the point. There's always so much more to learn. And finding out about these strange and delicious techniques and ingredients, uh, unfamiliar stuff, it makes the journey so enjoyable. So be sure to join me. We're going to do some Polish cooking. It's so fun. So there you have it, folks. That's the story this week, bringing you up to date on everything from the IC community. A special shout out to all of you new listeners. Thank you so much for tuning in. I wish you all much culinary success and invite you to join in on the conversation. You can find us all in the Impulsive Culinarian channels on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and even TikTok. So drop me a line. I'd love to hear from you. Now, let me just wrap up, as always, by encouraging you to think about ways of promoting more sustainable food practices by eating local produce whenever possible, buying seasonal ingredients, and knowing where your food comes from. Befriend your farmer, your fishmonger, and especially befriend your butcher. Make them all part of your culinary routine. And most of all, have fun in the kitchen. Invite the kids to help because it definitely will make a difference in their lives. My name is Paul, the Impulsive Culinarian. Happy cooking. 